Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family planning churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Today, we're talking with Ed Kane, lead pastor of Grace Point Church in Berkeley, California, about church planning and leadership development among university students. All right, I'm here with Pastor Ed Kane. Is that what they call you here? Is it, what do they call you? Pastor Ed. Pastor Ed. Yeah, it's, All right. it's like my name, Pastor Ed. Pastor Ed is one <laughs> one word. That's, no, um, you have been inspiring so many people, you know, for so long, and just really wanted to get an opportunity to hear your story. I mean, about planting Acts two churches across North America. Just share a little bit about who you are, your church, what you're doing here at Grace Point. Just share a little bit about that and kind of how you kind of got to the point of an Acts 2 church. Okay, so, oh man, I don't know how far to go back. I probably shouldn't go back to 81, but um, real quick, you know, we, we started um, in Berkeley, uh, at UC Berkeley, uh, started out as a, a an ethnic church. Um, there, there are all these, you know, Korean students coming in. It was probably a couple hundred. And uh, it started out with with uh, a gathering uh, of of Korean American students, so it was a, a real ethnic thing. And then around '93, uh, we started to. Well, I attended a, a, a conference at Saddleback and heard the word seeker for the first time, yeah. and that that really excited me. That made a lot of sense. Yeah. So we should reach the whole campus. Mm-hmm. And so over time, we became uh, open to evangelism, and then the nations like if you're going to evangelize you're going to evangelize every lost person you're not going to like just be a little ethnic enclave yeah, yeah. and so so that was sort of our journey through the 90s and then um and you know we were just sort of like hey let's just put our heads down and 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 lay low and just just disciple the people god brings to us at berkeley uh but our whole sort of discipleship focus you know you just end up you know, reading scripture, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 just uh, I just I just we just came to just a plain reading of scripture mm-hmm. makes you really radical. Yeah. And and you just read the scripture plainly, and it's like we just can't stay here and yeah. really enjoy uh, what what felt to us like an Acts to church because the college gives you the the template for like an Acts to life without really even trying that hard because everybody lives within a couple of blocks and you're meeting together daily. You know, it's not like in the temple courts, but you're meeting daily, you're breaking bread. Um, And so just experiencing a church that overlapped with the college template enabled us, like sort of we discovered that we're actually living out Acts 2. And then we said, well, but we're supposed to, we're supposed to be more than just, just one church. We're supposed to take this and, and share the gospel. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and before you go there, because mm-hmm. that's just to bring some context. So you're, you started off here doing a college ministry on Berkeley's campus, mm-hmm. went to Berkeley, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then you started reaching, just like going from, to reaching the nations here, yeah. you know, and trying to do that. And, but then, and so, so first when we, you know, as you started talking about your church plan philosophy, you mm-hmm. were a, a, a church on a college campus. Mm-hmm. Talk about this, that, like being a church on a college campus, because a lot of times that, that wasn't a popular thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't know if we, 
did we even realize we were strange? Um, but it just it just was what we ended up experiencing. And we looked at the parachurch movement, and there was there was something really healthy about that. Mm -hmm. There's discipleship. They're they're gathering together, but they kept insisting they weren't a church. Yeah. Um, we we didn't have that tension. We we were a church. We're a local church, but uh, we're a local church called to reach the campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when we started to get some self-awareness, we uh, decided to adopt a, a vision statement. In, you know, in the beginning, we, th yeah. we thought, okay, that's a cool thing to have on your website, so let's just slap something on, on there. And when we were doing our brainstorming, somebody just said from the back, um, an Acts 2 church in every college town. Mm. And I still remember that moment. Mm. Like, nobody can say anything for the next 30 seconds. Mm. Everybody is just like, and I had a lump in my throat. Yeah. And I said, no, that's who we are. Yeah. And so, and, and for me, um, so right now we have uh, 17 campuses where um, we have churches. And, and Is that it's, all across North America? Yeah. So, so from Seattle down to San Diego, we're in all of the UCs except UC Merced, and we're looking at Merced right now. And then East Coast, we have from Rutgers in New Jersey, Virginia, Maryland, and North Carolina. And then in the middle, we have Minnesota, Chicago, and uh, Austin, Texas. Yeah. And the way we got there um, is, so from, from my perspective, it was that vision, but also um, just my, my heart as a leader and a pastor was, okay, so I, I'm raising these guys yeah. and we're reading scripture and at a certain point, their hearts ignite. Mm -hmm. and. I felt like I was a ceiling to them. Um, you know, looking into discipleship philosophies, I was always a little bit, um, a little bit skeptical about one person discipling one person who's going to disciple another person because when I saw that, it was like a copy of a copy. Well, nowadays copies of a copy are good, but you know, in the olden days, yeah, you know. yeah. And it, it so, uh, I felt, uh, I felt a pressure to send these guys out mm -hmm. so that they can sort of stretch their wings. And for me, that was as powerful a motivation as our vision of planting in campuses. Mm -hmm. And so um, I look at these guys and you know they, they've grown up under my leadership and under this church and they're doing uh, important ministry you know, within our church, but I felt like, no, you need to get out there and you need to pioneer and you need to be scared, you need to pray, and that's how you're gonna grow into the next level. Yeah. So that's what propelled us to do uncomfortable things. Like in, in 2017, uh, we sent out over 100 mm. people, uh, seven teams, and you know, every one of them, I mean- Seven different campuses? Mm-hmm. And we're still reeling from that. Yeah. I mean, you know, people say like, well, you send out your best and yeah. everybody rises yeah. and, and it's even better. And I know that's a lot of, mm. Uh, people's experience, but, but there, there is another experience, which is oh, it's yeah. hard. Relationships get disrupted, yeah. and you know it was. I mean, it's been the same way for us at our church. We haven't been able to send that um, the amount that you have, but we have sent out people, and like to some, like in our church, like planning churches is a cuss word, like it's, <laughs> to some of our people, because yeah. it's like you keep sending people. We get close to them, and you send yeah. them, and you get close, and you send them. Yeah. And it's just so, and so we had to promise our church, we said, hey, for a year, we're going to take a sabbatical. We're not yeah. going to plant any church wow. in 2019. 
and then now we're about to plant in 2020 and people are like i thought you said we weren't going to plant i was like in 2019 <laughs> but we're going in 2020 i mean no and there's genuine heart yeah, there. there 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 is yeah and yeah. but what i love about what you're doing and you know at with the sin network we talk about a multiplying church and we have a very we have a bullseye and the mm. bullseye for multiplying church is discovering developing and deploying church planting teams from within. Mm. And I think a lot of times mm. when people talk about multiplying church, mm. you know, it's like they go, they, they, do, they do a conference and they say, hey, we're doing a church planting residency. And, mm. you know, you spend six months with you and then they'll slap their tag on you and then go out. But you, you've been mentioning something. You said you raise these guys up. These are people who have either come to know the Lord or discovered their church planting call within the context of your church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So talk to me about this, the commitment to that, because I remember mm, one time mm. a guy saying, hey, you should go recruit the guy, and you gave this look to this is mm. like, no, we, we this is like <laughs> like this, this look of disgust in a mm. sense, like we don't go and find people. Like our labors are coming from the harvest. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always admired about you. I mm. mean, why have you been so adamant about that? Um, gosh. Um, well, for me, it's that's it's not that I'm adamant about that or against anything else. It's just, just all we've known. And I think it's just an accident of our particular history because we're a collegiate-focused ministry. And um, you start igniting the hearts of 18 and 19-year-olds, uh, and they take your preaching seriously. Yeah. You, you suddenly have a burden, and, uh, you know, you have to send these guys out. You know, you, you can't say, oh, I was just preaching, you know, yeah, don't take yeah, it all seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, no, you got to send these. And, and they, they say, well, I want to be like you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was bivocational and did discipleship ministry with college students and eventually, you know, did more and more until I couldn't do both. And, and um, so I think it's something about our collegiate context where we take these young people seriously and they, and they say, send us out. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then there's, there's, uh, there's ownership because... Um, they, they don't go out by themselves, you know, we're, we're, we're very relationally integrated. So when they go, they go with people that they've loved and discipled and they go in a big chunk of like a dozen or so. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that pipeline, it's not like, like I, I want to plant churches, mm -hmm. but even if I didn't, I have to yeah. because, because the, 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 the whole context of our churches uh, what's next? What's next? You know, you're converted. You know, what's next? Well, you got to share your faith. You got to grow. You got to get sanctified. What's next? You got to take on the call, yeah. priesthood of all believers. You know, we don't. We try really hard not to put a sharp line between ordained, seminary mm -hmm. trained versus. You know, we really don't like that language. We have our our small group leaders and their pastors, and they're pastoring their their people, and so. These, these young bivocational ministers, they take themselves very seriously as ministers. Yeah. And so that pipeline is there and we, we cannot not plant. I mean, we've yeah. got to. So talk to me a little bit about more about that pipeline. So, you know, with Sin Network, we have, a, we have a pipeline and, you know, that we try to come alongside churches to help them, you know, to develop, mm -hmm. you know, and discover and develop um, people. But talk to me about your pipeline. Talk to me about kind of, you, you mentioned from the time they are reached on campus, mm -hmm. you know, how do like, what does it look like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year? Um, well, freshman, it, it, it's, a, it's a big pool. You know, we try to do a lot of attractional events as well as relational evangelism. We do everything uh, to, to get a, a, a good crop of freshmen. 
Uh, and our, our pattern is our freshman class tends to be the largest, okay. you know, and then people lose spiritual interest or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but through the college experience, we we um, we do a lot of uh, open homes, uh, mm -hmm. life on life, just just uh, enjoy one another. Um, and I guess if anything, our discipleship motto would be, we want to be like them. Yeah. Uh, so, so we believe in, in close friends ministering together to a, a group of younger guys. Okay. And so those relationships form. Uh, and then when they graduate, they need to make a decision. Am I going to stay and, and join the staff team? Okay. And okay. so the, we use the word staff um, uh, not to not to designate full-time mm -hmm. uh, paid staff, but staff is just uh, I'm I'm a I'm a minister. I'm officially like in this role of, of mentoring younger guys, and so when they join um, that 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 staff team, then then they they do what what they experienced with with other uh, college students, yeah. and as they start to develop a heart of love and and they start to share the gospel, um, just their identity as ministers forms. Okay. And they're dealing with career and scheduling and weekends, and they're giving all of that up for ministry. Mm. I mean, Saturday, what are you doing? You know, my coworkers going to Napa, you know, wine tasting, going cycling, you know, in the Bay Area, there's so many things to do. And, and our guys, like, they're working, and on Saturdays, you know, I'm taking some students out on a hiking trip, or I'm doing this, or I'm, I'm helping organize tech needs for our church. And so, there's a lot of opportunity early on to really define like, okay, what am I about? You know, yeah, am I gonna pursue the, yeah. yeah. And, and, and they see all of those choices made by older people. And, mm -hmm. and so it's just, so the pipeline is not very specified. So whenever yeah. people like, uh, you know, we have these tear sheet exercises yeah. where we have to mm -hmm. draw like a diagram, yeah. like, oh gosh, what is it for That's us? Cool. And yeah. always I end up drawing a table with a big stock pot of soup in the middle mm -hmm. and, and, and an open Bible, yeah. you know, in homes. It's then, very organic. I mean, it's, it's totally organic. organic. Yeah. In your organic nature, you, what I'm hearing you saying is that the freshman class, do they go through, I mean, it starts larger, but do they go through the same with the sophomores? Is, it, is the experience the same or do you mix like freshmen? Is it all one pot? Like, how, how does that work? It, it's, it's, we, we, we try different okay. um, uh, structures. The structure that works the best, I think, for college students is class ministry, as far as we've experienced it, where the freshmen are ministered to by a freshman staff, sophomores. But then that can get a little siloed, yeah. uh, or it's not a silo, it's horizontal, I guess. Yeah. And so then sometimes we'll go to what we call home group, which is all four classes, but smaller. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's not great for reaching a lot of freshmen because they like to herd, yeah. but it's good for raising leaders okay. because that home group leader is running his mini church. Right. Uh, and we have a, a you know, they, they, they run um, Bible study on campus and the dorms. And so they're, they're running the program, the events, the discipleship. Do you flip from year to year or is it all just- Not year to both, year, but- going at the same time simultaneously? That's ideally, we have three separate big chunks and then they're all supposed to have kind of different approaches, but they end up converging a lot. So yeah. it's it's a little messy, yeah. but we have both. Yeah, you okay. Know? No, I mean, I think that's, that's great. And so what I love what you just said is even be able to differentiate you know, one is great for reaching freshmen and one mm -hmm. is great for raising leaders. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, how do you wrestle with that tension? We just do. You just do. You just <laughs> yeah. wrestle. wrestle. Yeah. Because that is, that is. Because yeah. sometimes, specifically for churches, you know, in church planning, what ends up happening is 
you know, you're very aggressive about reaching. Mm. And then you reach a, reach a certain capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, we got, we're, we're, we're close enough. So now just let's just develop leaders. Let's just, you know, develop what we have. How have you managed and maintained that tension between developing leaders and continue to stand evangelistically focused? Mm-hmm. And not, because a lot of times the drift is, yeah. all right, we've reached enough. Let's kind of make sure we got mm-hmm. healthy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there. I think um, that's not that. That's a tension that um, I think um, for for us the way that it works out is reaching college students. We we really really want to reach uh, unchurched people. Yeah. So that um, and and relational evangelism is tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough, and and you have to be a certain sort of person to, to be good at that. And we've got a lot of eager uh, staff who maybe don't have a lot of natural uh, relational charisma. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is adopt um, a a hybrid of relational evangelism as well as attractional events. So the way that 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 tension plays out for us is we can get so involved in tasks because to put on an an event requires often food because college students love food, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, fancy lights and tech and well-programmed creativity and and, and that's a lot of tasks. And so... Um, so, so to develop a, a minister's heart and to, and to, to be engaged in discipleship and, and things like that. So that's a tension that we deal with. We don't want to grow too fast. We, we always want to grow at a pace where our staff group can really assimilate and, and, and really uh, have our students in our homes and sort of catching our values. Yeah. Um, so... And and we're not that good at growing fast anyway, so mm-hmm. so that's never been yeah. that's never been our problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when when you when you're doing, you know, it sounds very clear. Like okay, freshmen, sophomores, they're getting together. You have some of the the mixture. Like when you're a junior and senior, do you have different expectations for junior seniors? Or, or is that still? Well, the upperclassmen know that they're upperclassmen, mm-hmm. and and um, we we don't like to differentiate very early. Uh, even though we see the ones with leadership and, and, and spiritual potency, because we really treasure horizontal relationships, yeah. peer relationships. Mm-hmm. And so when you differentiate too early, then it encourages the ones with leadership and, 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 and spirituality, and then the others get kind of a little discouraged, mm-hmm. and they sort of sort of adopt the role as second class. So we like to, resi- so we don't have titles very much for our okay. students. Okay. Uh, we've resisted that. But then the upperclassmen kind of know, hey, uh, it was those those upperclassmen who opened their homes and, you know, fed us ramen and, you know, corn dogs late at night. And, and I want to do the same. And so we have a tradition of juniors and seniors really pouring into freshmen okay. on campus. And then when they do that and they 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 develop a taste for that, like, wow, yeah. this this is, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Then then they're going to take jobs and, and do things like they'll resist jobs that require travel because mm. I, I want to be doing this when I graduate. You know, and then when they start doing that, their identity forms, and then, and then they want to get, get sent yeah, out. You know, yeah, they want to get yeah, sent out. Like yeah, me and my friends want to go and plant a church in another yeah, college town. That's such a thing. Yeah. So you probably see many iterations of just freshmen mm-hmm. connected, and then that they've been sent out together yeah. in a different city. Yeah. So what does that look like? Oh, okay, I'm about to graduate. How mm-hmm. many of them continue on to be grad students? How many? Just go get jobs. Like, what what happens at the point of graduation? Most of them will deliberately get jobs. Um, I mean, some of them go to grad. Like more and more, they don't go to grad school because so many of our people like the job market's so good here. Uh, so so they'll get jobs, 
and uh, they will uh, room with each other. Um, mm. So they, they just continue the college experience almost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They'll, they'll get a house and like six of them will crowd in there. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and then right after work, they go to campus. Yeah. How do you, you, know? how do you maintain that mentality? It seems like for a lot of people, it's just kind of like once they get that degree in college, it's like that transition from college to careers is like, it's like I'm old something. They're like there's mm -hmm. this kind of expectation, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like you said, they, they still cluster together. Mm -hmm. They still stay together. They still keep that mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there's a polemic in, in our teaching um, against all of the, the the silly notions that young people can have about the working world. Um, and then um, I think they just have a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, our, our ministry is fun. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. so they they have a lot of fun doing ministry. They have a lot of fun with each other. And there's that camaraderie. So that hasn't been a struggle. Like they don't feel like they're making a big sacrifice by you know, turning down the lifestyle of a, of a typical millennial, you know, coder that's overpaid. And mm -hmm. like, they, they kind of know that that's sort of illusory yeah. and they'd much rather be doing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for church planters, like I, I, I meet a lot of church planters and they're going to go into a neighborhood and reach the families. And man, collegiate ministry, even if you're not going to stay a collegiate ministry, you, you wait four years and they graduate, they become stakeholders and their, their ownership is off the mm -hmm. charts. Uh, I would say, hey, why not start at a college campus, yeah. you know? Yeah. And of course, they eat more than they put in the offering bag, you know, of course. But after four years, man, they become uh, not just members, but, you know, co-laborers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then they have a, a, just a relational bond that they, because, you know, people make friends in college and then they lose them for the rest of their lives yeah. because everybody gets like split up and, they go to different towns and somehow our graduates have decided to stay together. And so they're not lonely. They live this sort of tribal life and, and what they experience in college just continues. And so it's, a, it's an amazing sort of basis to, right. to, to build a church. It's awesome just to hear. And it seems like you've given them a place to both matter and belong. Mm -hmm. Last two questions before we go. What would you tell someone who started? What would you tell yourself 20 years ago mm -hmm. and what would you want to hope to tell yourself 20 years from now oh man um 20 years ago what was that mid-30s um be a little quicker about about um releasing um i think there was a a, a whole period of about 10 years we didn't plant any church and and we're just sort of um so I think I felt more besieged than I needed to. Hmm. And I felt like, um, you know, we, we're, we're a, a serious church uh, with a high emphasis on piety that uh, didn't really fit well with, with, the, with the crazy college context. And so bridging that, yeah. uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. And so I think because it was so hard, I, I think we felt besieged. Uh, so I, I would I would say no release people earlier. Okay. Uh, I would say pull people out of front lines ministry to to uh, focus on mentoring and coaching earlier. We're beginning to do that now, but mm -hmm. I think our capacity to actually have coaching and mentoring in place would have given us greater courage and ability to send people out earlier. Okay. So yeah. th that might be some adjustments yeah. I would have made. Twenty years from now, man, I don't I do don't know. Hope? What do you hope? For Grace Point, which is um, dreams, your longings. The longings would be that we would um, 
Well, that we would be a, a, a movement, we're, we're under threat right now of getting institutionalized. We're trying to fight that a lot because when you're sending people out and sending people out uh, at scale, then you know, all the, all the advantages of bureaucratization, you know, standardizing things, uniformity, and that's just efficient. And so even though we hate that, we end up finding manifestations of that. And um, I think we're kind of, um, Kelly and I, my wife Kelly and I, we, we were, we're, we're sort of the mom and pop of our whole church mm -hmm. in the sense that we're literally the oldest. Yeah. You know, we're literally the ones to hit all these lives. It's so um, we're, 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 a, we're a movement that needs to become uh, uh, decentralized in a way that, 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 that's healthy and, and that won't freak people out. You know, not, right now we're still one big happy family, mm -hmm. but um, there, there's, there's going to come a day within the next 10 years where we're going to have to, to, to bid farewell to a lot of cherished mm -hmm. ways of being and maybe even change our name even yeah. so that we can keep duplicating. Um, and look, I don't want the pyramid to just get bigger. I, I want it to break up and, and, then, and then replicate yeah. this story elsewhere. And so yeah. my hope is that uh, the, the, the mothership that the Berkeley Church is right now uh, would be duplicated, uh, you know, somewhere out in the Midwest or one of our churches uh, out in the East Coast would become like that kind of, uh, of powerhouse yeah. and that it would, wouldn't all be controlled from the center. So yeah. that's something I need to not just hope for, but like orchestrate and engineer yeah, these next 10 years. It feels like God is moving in that, in that direction. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking some time with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Good seeing yeah, you, Heidi. Hang in there, man. <laughs>